0: This podcast is presented in partnership with Rewatchable Media, home to several great podcasts and YouTube channels covering TV shows, movies, and culture. Find out more on Rewatchable.media. So, yeah, we got a big week. Huge. This is the first week in a while without anything to sort of watch on, like, Disney+, Plus, like a, like a release. Or, you know, there's no Ted Lasso this week. Yeah. You know, so I don't know what we're going to do with our time. Baseball playoffs are, are
1: interesting. That, that's pretty big. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about baseball again for the first time yeah. in a while.
0: Well, and the NBA starts up pretty soon, too.
1: I'm that's excited about that, too. I'm excited to see where Kyrie Irving will end up. I, I, or if he ends up.
0: That's, a that's even sure. a bigger story. Yeah. yeah, Because it sounds like he, he's not going to do he's gonna throw away $200 million,
1: which is hard to do. That's hard.
0: It's hard to spend $200 million. Right, I think there's two movies about that. Yeah, and uh, I would take his money. Yeah. If I I would play for the, the Brooklyn Nets, I'm vaccinated.
1: Hey, that's all it takes, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I am 47 years old and I don't know that I could play more than, I don't know that I could run more than like three consecutive minutes. Uh, in a, in a court setting.
1: I, this would be a fun, like mm. average guy challenge. If they threw you onto an NBA court, could you play enough defense to slow down the person opposing you? So at least your teammates could cover for your lack of defense. My guess is no. Yeah. I think we could, that do would nothing. be my guess.
0: Yeah. I, I don't think I could do anything. Like if they throw me the ball, I would immediately get it stolen or blocked.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would break my, my nose. Shirt. I couldn't even I think- catch it because they're <laughs> so
0: fast yeah i think i could I, I, well i mean this might just be like my ego talking but i think i could catch the ball yeah but i couldn't do anything with it like i would have to immediately throw it to somebody else right. but it is a good like like could i be the guy that just never touches the ball and let's say i just i just stop players from shooting threes let's right. say like right. i just overplay everything and they have to just dunk everything right if i could play on a team with james harden and Kevin Durant and Blake Griffin and whoever their, their other guy would be, uh, Patty Mills. And then I just sort of stand in the corner on offense and just never get the ball. So play four on five. I guess the better thing with better, the better thing would be it is just could they play four on five and still win games?
1: Right. And the answer is probably yes.
0: <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I don't think they would be the best team in the league, but I think they would still be pretty good. They probably could beat like, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers.
1: There's all these pro sports with average guy questions that I have. Um, could you catch a Max Scherzer fastball? Like just catch no. it. Like He's throwing no. to you. He, you know where no. it's going. No, I could not. I'm thinking maybe if you hold the mitt, it would really hurt. You yes. could hit the mitt. Now, the problem is if he ever throws a slider or anything that moves, because now you have to track it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure you've seen these videos. Like They mm-hmm. move so far.
0: Yeah. I've I've heard Tim Kerchian talk about this on ESPN, like, like, you couldn't even lay down a bunt.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, like, not even like like a, a a you couldn't even foul a bunt in well put a bunt into play right. in any way, like not not even just like a good bunt. You, could, you just couldn't get the ball on the bat, the bat on the ball. Right. It's right. it. There, if they don't want you to, you won't. Right.
1: Um. And and I have enough context for this, like when i have to catch my daughter throw and Mm -hmm. we know the speed it's 50 miles an hour right like i have trouble and my hand will definitely hurt at times Mm -hmm. uh they throw at 100 miles an hour
0: yeah you'd have to put me in so much padding before i even, even get out there
1: yeah yeah i would break every bone they would throw it once i'm breaking a shin and that's the end yeah
0: i'm not doing i'm not doing anything like average joe with football you're not getting me to like we're not oh, handing the ball off to me and like trying to run through
1: the line. That's just not going to happen. Oh, that it takes me out the first time. So there's that's yeah. that's not happening at all.
0: I can, I can ice skate, mm. but I can't do anything. I can't go fast. Mm. No, like I can't. Like if I pick up into his, I will fall down, which probably would be the best option in a hockey game. Oh, just stay down. Don't get back up. Just don't get
1: back up. It's like, oh, I'm hurt. Could I get into that box somehow? Could I wave my stick in the air to get a penalty? and they yeah. stick me into the box
2: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, maybe that's the thing but uh
0: i'm pretty confident
1: yeah that in a in a so
0: in a basketball game i could shoot a technical free throw mm. i won't guarantee that i'll make it right i mean i'm a I, I was always like when i played basketball i was a good free throw shooter i was you know 70 80 percent free throw shooter i don't i can't guarantee that you know with 15,000 screaming fans that I could get up there and, you know, and, and make it. But right. I, I, I'm confident that I could get up there and look like I have shot the basketball before.
1: So that might be the one thing in professional sports that an average person could actually do, like the, the foul mm-hmm. shooting, because that, that's the same in any court that we all yeah. can practice it.
0: Yeah. I think also, I mean, I'm not any good, but I could also, I could take a penalty in, in football or soccer. Hmm. Like I could kick it. Right. I don't know that I would make it in the goal or the, you know, the, the goalie would probably guess, right. The keeper would probably guess, right. And stop me, but
1: I could kick it. Right. <laughs> I wonder if I could get <laughs> intentionally walked. If I could get intentionally walked, I think I could stand in the box <laughs> and then yes. trot over to first base. I'm sure I could. I don't, I don't know that I could do anything to get to second. Like if oh, I. Oh yeah. No, then, then I'm done. Right? I can't even, yeah. even on a route, like, Oh, you got a hit. I still can't make it to second. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now, now, could you, could you stay in front of the home run shot mm. if the person behind you hits a homer? If it's that Stanton, yes. I guess I would sprint. Yeah. I would just
1: yeah. sprint all out. Right. Now, there's the chance that uh, just like J.D. Uh, oh, <laughs> JD Martinez, I, I could trip on the bag and sprain an ankle. <laughs> mm-hmm. That might totally yeah. happen. Yeah, so, that would be a problem. And then –
0: you have to limp home, like the third base coast comes over and helps you. I don't know if that's even legal.
1: (laughs) It actually isn't. You're not the, Mm. this is another fun thing. Like uh, the team cannot help you. The opposing team can help you. And that has Mm. happened in the college game where a a kid did like something happened, broke his ankle or something like that. But as as a show of good sportsmanship, the other team helped him to to make it to home plate. Yeah.
2: I'm
0: so, you know, my son is, is now 12. Um, And, but significantly, like still much smaller than I am and not as strong. Right. So I'm a pretty good swimmer. My kid has been swimming since he was, you know, like a year and a half and he's on a swim team and he goes, Mm -hmm. he's out of meat right now, actually. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty confident that if we both took off from the blocks, that I could beat him across a short course, right. Mm -hmm. It's just a 25 yards. I could beat him to the wall, but then I'd have to stop. Right. <laughs> and I'd have to catch my breath and probably wait there for about 20, 30 seconds before I could swim again. Right. He right. could get to the wall, do a flip turn, go back the other way, and then it's over. Right. Cause he can do, you know, he can do like a 300 or a 500 and just like, and I can do a 25.
1: Yeah, well, already, like, my daughter can throw a curve mm-hmm. and a change. Well, and the fastball, I, I, I've learned enough about softball to throw the fastball because I had to teach the 10-year-olds. Right. Um, I can't throw the curve. I can't make a break at all, like, mm-hmm. any amount of break. Mm-hmm. No, my, I, I don't yeah. know how to do it. In, in these sports,
0: I can still beat a bunch of 12-year-olds, though. Right. Like, I could, I could kick some 12-year-old ass in basketball. Right. Like, right. They're, they're too small. They're not big enough. We, I did see this one kid. My kid was in an AAU sort of prep class. And uh, this, this kid was like 6'1", 240, mm-hmm. which was crazy. He's bigger than I am. But I will say that I was a little, I'm still a little quicker.
1: Yeah. Have, wait, have shoot you seen 12-year-old soccer, though?
0: I have not. Oh, yeah, I can't do 12-year-olds. I've
1: seen that. Those kids are really good now. Yeah. Yeah, the way that the, uh, the prep... Like this is because every kid now wants to play soccer. There's a lot. Well, they of can always. run.
0: That's the thing. They can run. They can run. That's they can The, track, can't the ball
1: handling has actually gotten there by that age that I've, I've yeah. seen it. It's yeah. very impressive.
0: Yeah. No, 12 year old basketball. I'm just so much bigger. I can just right. be Shaq, you know, right. um, and, I'm, and, the, and the kids that are, I mean, there's probably a couple of 12 year olds out there that can kick my butt, but um, I, I, I'm pretty, I feel pretty strongly that I can beat the majority
1: of 12 year olds in basketball. Can they dribble well enough, though, that they just break your ankles so that you're never in a position to just swat the ball away?
0: You know, this is not
1: that kind of podcast.
0: This is a oh. podcast about the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I was having a lot of fun
0: <laughs> wondering <laughs> what can we beat 12-year-olds at? Um, I can beat 12-year-olds at poker, most of them. There you go. Um, they are not very – they're not really it's, – it's hard. They don't have the value of the dollar yet. Right. You know. So you just have to understand that they're pretty much going to call any bet.
2: Sure. Yeah, that's because that's they, the they don't
0: want to fold because if they fold, they don't sit to see your cards mm-hmm. and they want to be able to see your cards every time. Right. So it's like whenever they bet because, ooh, I've got a pair of whatever's, you just fold because you can't beat a pair of whatever's with your you know, jack high.
1: Well, there, there you go. Well, mm-hmm. speaking of betting, if anyone mm-hmm. wanted to bet that the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 2 would yield anything, Turns out you'd be right. So let's go right into our news and notes.
0: There we go, news and notes. So um, if you remember our podcast, I mean, and there's only a few of you that listen every week, so you've got to remember. Um, it probably is the highlight of your week. Uh, the end of Guardians of Galaxy 2, there was a, 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 a golden egg kind of thing that the, that the, uh, the weird golden aliens create. They yeah, those all kinds of genetic. Yeah, those weird. What are they? The, the snooty aliens. Awareness. The snooty aliens. Yeah. Um, so, a guy named Will Poulter, he's an actor from Britain, has been cast in Guardians of the Galaxy Three as Adam Warlock. Uh, this was confirmed. It was reported initially, and it was confirmed by James Gunn, the director. So, it must be true. Yeah. Um, what do we know about Adam Warlock? He is arguably the most powerful character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe or in the Marvel Comics Universe,
2: one of them. He's got
0: all kinds of weird, he's just, he's powerful.
1: Yeah, and a lot of plot armor around that guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Normally associated with the Infinity Gauntlet, that shouldn't be the case anymore given where we are. Right, because we don't
0: have any more Infinity Stones.
1: Uh, but still, we also have a uh, multiverse, so who knows? Yeah, they could do whatever.
0: Yeah, he's very he's very closely tied to to Thanos. He's very closely tied to uh, the Guardians. I think he started it in the Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. universe as well. So, so yeah, we'll see what happens. I don't I don't really know that much about Adam Warlock other than he's just like one of those impossibly powered characters that never seems to really be around when you need him.
1: Yeah. Um, they they bring them up in the Infinity Gauntlet saga, and that ends up being yeah. like a like a trilogy of of sorts. With a... yeah, every every
0: every few years, Thanos gets alive again, and he decides, you know what, you know what, I really need this time are my Infinity Stones. Yeah, well, <laughs>
1: since the and that original Infinity Saga was very good, since uh-huh. then Marvel has definitely introduced things even more powerful than the just like we saw in the loki series there's things more powerful than the infinity stones uh as you tend to do with comic books you keep upping the power levels because you have to
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so and this is my favorite news and notes for the week this is this this is an amazing story i have no idea if it's true but it it made me happy just thinking about it being true so according to movieweb.com and just just as an aside when we when you and i did our ranking of comedy years when we were going through and you know we used movieweb.com for all of the like comedy releases for 1987 or a great site for that um so shout out to movieweb.com there are some rumors that bill murray the bill murray bill effing murray is in the upcoming ant man quantum manius to movie.
1: right bill murray and paul rudd Together as they should have been
0: forever, because I, I I firmly believe that Paul Rudd is like Bill Murray Beta or Bill Murray 2.0 or however you want to think about it. They're like they are like soulmates yeah. in in uh, American comedy. Um, so the story, so the link is there's a guy named John Townsend, and this guy um, was on the set. Of a movie called Dust Bunny. Okay. Now yeah. Dust, Dust Bunny happens to be the fake name that the production company is using for Ant-Man Quantumania, Ant Man and the Lost Quantumania. So every every one of these big movies, whenever they because they're going to be shooting on location, they're going to be shooting in different places, they don't want all these crazy people, fans, and everything, you know, coming to the set. So they come up with a fake name. That is sometimes well known, sometimes not well known, but it doesn't matter because as long as you keep the Yahoos away, you're fine. So, Dust Bunny is the known title of the working title for uh, Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania. So, John Townsend, this guy, is the longtime not stunt double for Bill Murray, but he is what's called a photo double. So, anytime there needs to be a still shot or when they're using when they're when they've got a when they need somebody on set, but they don't need the actor when they're just setting up like how the shadows are going to be, how the the set is the shot is going to look, they need somebody to come in and sort of take the place of the actor. So it's usually somebody that looks kind of like that person and is about the same height. So they can sort of figure out how they're going to shoot the the shot. And then they bring on,
1: you know, the actual actor. What a life of that what a John life. Townsend.
0: So John Townsend happens to be the long, like long time, like like ten plus movies that he's been doing for for Bill Murray.
1: And uh, wow, what a what a reach! John yes. Townsend have, has been seen have, on the set of Dust Bunny, and yes. that is how we know that Bill Murray yes. is in the new yes. Ant Man movie. I
0: I don't have a lot of confidence in this rumor.
1: <laughs> it's a very this is a reach.
0: Yes. So Bill Murray is like notoriously like he doesn't have a cell phone he doesn't have an agent you can't it's really hard to contact him i think there's like some secret like 1-800 number that you leave a message for him and then he gets back to you if he feels like it
1: that's the greatest it's one of those kinds of things. that's what yeah. i want
0: <laughs> yeah no you don't because you want access to like more things once you get those more things then yes you want that okay. but you don't want that just now
1: okay fair enough yeah Yeah, go ahead you you can call me that's fine yeah yeah sure uh
0: but yeah so i have i have i have i don't know what to make of this rumor i just thought it was a fun rumor to talk about because it's bill Murray. sure
1: yeah and it's dust bunny that cinematic classic Dust Bunny. uh also this past week a new trailer and i wasn't sure Mm -hmm. if it was new or not when i saw it because it's very similar this is how i saw it i saw it in a tweet and I saw it in the wrong aspect ratio because I, I didn't know what was going on. This was like, you know, in the photo, the phone aspect ratio, vertical video. And right. it turns out it was a new Hawkeye trailer. So it was real. There was a new Hawkeye yes. trailer. It
0: is a new Hawkeye trailer. We do, in fact, see that uh, Linda Cardellini is in uh, this, uh, this uh, trailer.
1: Yeah, uh, which Linda is good because they yeah. didn't write her out. She didn't refuse to show up or anything like that. So if she's in it, uh, yep. The whole story then is complete. And we now mm-hmm. know that the first two episodes of Hawkeye will drop on November 24th on Disney. plus Yeah,
0: and I think that the, that's how they've done all of the Marvel shows, right? There's been two episodes released yep. all at once. Did they do that with Loki too, or did they spread out Loki? I can't remember if they Ooh. did it. I know they did it with
1: WandaVision. They definitely do. I think Loki was only one episode. I, I wonder if that's because
0: I wonder if Hawkeye is going to be like a shorter form. Like it's maybe only going to be like 30 or 40 minutes and not, you know. An hour, I don't know. Did
1: you watch the trailer?
0: I did, I liked it. Yeah, I did too. It's got a good feel. This one was less, uh, this one was less about the sort of this, the silliness of it and sort of introducing more of the, the, the characters. I don't know that we've seen, and maybe we have, because we, talk, we talked about it, I think last week when we were talking about Echo. I don't know if we've seen her, that character yet, but Mm-mm. in the trailers, but.
1: Nowhere in there. We've seen we the tracksuit mafia for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we've yep. seen Kate Bishop. Definitely. Yes, have. Yep. Played by um, Haley Stanfield. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. the The feel of it looks like a lot of fun to me. I'm looking forward to it because
0: if there's been a character in the MCU thus far that has been underappreciated, mm-hmm. it's been the guy that shoots arrows. <laughs> right. You've got we've got aliens. We've got magic. We've got you know, super strength, we've got the Hulk, we've got Thor, we've got Captain Marvel, we've got all these things, right? And then there's the guy that is just really accurate at shooting a bow and arrow.
1: He leaned into what he was good at and he just did more of it. Yep. And
0: apparently we are going to get some of the, like, trick arrows and things like that. So yeah. thus far, we've really just seen, you know, we've seen a couple of exploding arrows, but we haven't seen any sort of, you know, you know, hey, he shoots the arrow and it turns into, you know, a net or,
1: you know, whatever. The shark repelling arrows. Yeah, none of, none of mm-hmm. those things yet.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He's, like, he's like Batman, but just in arrow form. Pretty much. That's how they write him, which is mm-hmm. a little ridiculous. Yep. But that's okay. Yep.
0: No, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Jeremy, Jeremy Renner is a really good actor, so I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, uh, I yeah. saw a Jeremy Renner movie this past week, which was really good. It also it also starred Elizabeth Olsen. It's called uh, it's either Wind River or Windy River, um, and it's the from the same uh, writer director that did Sicario. Um, he did it. He did one other movie too. It was, it's all about sort of like he calls it like modern frontier crime dramas. So this one is set on a uh, Indian reservation in uh, Wyoming in the dead of winter, and it's a it was kind of recommended as a good sort of talking about indigenous peoples sort of thing. So it was like our indigenous persons. Now it didn't, it did have lots of uh, uh, Natives, uh, Native Americans sort of cast uh, in prominent roles, but it was, you know, the two leads are, you know, Elizabeth Olsen and Jeremy Renner. But they play, they're investigating, they're investigating uh, the, the, the problem of missing or murdered indigenous women which are not even tracked by the FBI nowadays. So it's like, it's really hard to actually get a sense of like how many indigenous women are actually missing. How many are actually been murdered? Where are the perpetrators who's doing this? What, you know, it's, it's a
1: really big, huge okay. problem. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe the two of them are extending privilege, right? They're trying to yes, get a story sure. that's covering. And it was an area.
0: excellent movie. It was really good. Okay, so it, it made me feel things. Cool. So anyway, so what are we talking about tonight?
1: We are talking about, as we head down our list of the, the best Marvel movies, we're talking about the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I like this movie. I do too. And uh, this rewatch, uh, it turns out I have, after rewatching, I realized I haven't rewatched it as much as some of the other movies. Mm-hmm. There's things I picked up on this, and uh, this definitely holds up. Yeah. As I knew it would, because um, I knew it was good.
0: Yeah uh and we'll get into it this is like this is this is how you do a score and a soundtrack but um so we begin our movie uh flashback uh peter quill is this little adolescent he's maybe what 10 years old uh listening to a walkman as uh we often did in the mid mid 80s uh-huh. uh and uh you know he's called over to his mom who's dying of some sort of cancer uh and his mom gives him a present and then dies right in front of him. Uh, he then, you know, he leaves the hospital in a, you know, he's upset and sad and all that stuff. And he leaves hysterical. And uh, he's promptly then abducted by aliens. As, as happens to 10-year-olds who run out of hospital. Apparently, you know, yeah. it's a lesson to all you 10-year-olds. If anybody dies, don't run outside immediately. Yeah. Stay with your grandpa.
1: right. Should've stayed with his grandpa, very mm. notably did not take his mother's hand as she passed yeah. away. He's... Yeah.
0: So he holds a lot of guilt about, you know, not taking your hand. Right. Because right. she did look very gaunt and scary. And...
1: Yeah. So. And it's a, it's a lot for a young child to go through. Uh, mm-hmm. This opening is incredibly emotional. Yes. We, we start off right away.
0: Yeah. It's the most emotional moment in either two Guardians movies. Oh. For sure. Definitely. Uh, because it doesn't match the tone of the rest of this film, nor nor the sequel.
1: No. But I think it was a this is the right choice. You need to set things up correctly. No one knows who Peter Quill is at this point Mm -hmm. in time. And I'm gonna say it was a bold choice to start this way, because it's not like this is a famous character where people will realize, oh, of course, this is how Peter Quill starts.
0: No, this is this is the excellence of James Gunn, who directed this movie, and we'll talk about him more too. But Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so we flash forward to the present day, which at this time is 2014. 2014 is a really big, important year for Marvel. Yeah. Because I think it's, the time, it's basically the time when uh, you know, this movie takes place. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 happens right after this. Mm-hmm. And then they also, in Endgame, they go back to this time to get Infinity Stones. So. Right.
1: Yeah, we're we're in the middle of phase two of Marvel. Lots of mm-hmm. things happen uh, in this timeline.
0: Yeah. yeah. So uh, our our aforementioned Peter Quill uh, is now going by the name Star Lord, which I just have to say is a really dumb name. Um, and <laughs> well, he's on the, the comics. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and he's on the uh, planet Morag, which is a, which is actually a better name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's and Morag is like it's clearly like a. It's a previously vibrant civilization that's now defunct and just destroyed.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, he's able to retrieve an orb um, using some pretty cool tech. Like he, It's like in a protective con- you know, energy container, and he uses some sort of magnet kind of yeah. device.
3: Space magnets.
0: Yeah. They don't explain it. They don't need to. You kind of get the gist. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's interrupted by a Kree strike force uh, led by um, one of the Kree from the, the Captain Marvel movie, which we talked about a few weeks ago. Um, I can't pronounce his name, so you guys are just going to have to look it up. Yeah. Uh, and he's able to defeat them and get away, and he takes the orb. But it's kind of a funny thing. No one knows that he's Star-Lord. Comic, comedy ensues. Uh It's Chris Pratt. Yeah. So there's a whole lot of Andy Dwyer in
1: in Star-Lord. <laughs> totally. And uh, this intro to the character, I mean, technically this isn't the intro. We saw him as a child, but right. the audience figures out very quickly that this is the adult version of him. Mm-hmm. We start off with a, a dancing intro with a, the music playing, you know, basically a music video. And mm-hmm. that sets the whole tone of the movie. Yes. We hear the music in his headphones playing as the music uh, for the audience. And then the titles come in, this, this is the comedy intro. And I, I think that's, that's why they bring the titles in here. So we sure. saw the, the really serious opening. That's not what the movie that we're gonna get. That's important yeah. to ground the character, but now we start to feel mm-hmm. the real tone.
0: Yeah, he uses little rats as a microphone. It's funny, it's a yeah. funny little bit. Um, really good. And it, and, it, and it turns and it switches the whole, you're right, the tone of the movie gets turned up out of her, on its head. Yeah, um, and
1: also this scene is all in the dark it's at night. Yes. And they do it good. Yeah.
0: It's not cloudy. See. It's just dark. and there's But there's like ambient light around.
1: Very bright blasts all the time as, as shooting happens.
0: Yeah. So um, he also has a funny scene where uh, once he actually gets into his ship and he has to escape and you know, it knocks around a little bit in the atmosphere. Uh, apparently his one night stand from the previous night is still in the ship. Yep. and she's like peter what's going on and he's like um i'm gonna be honest i had no idea you were still here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we also establish him as like a cad
3: a, a little bit of a lothario right
0: yeah so uh, uh quill is contacted by Yandu, uh a blue dude uh in the ravage. one of the ravagers Uh, played by Michael Rooker, who looks like he's been betrayed by Quill for the uh, procurement of this orb. Apparently they were going to go halfsies on it and Quill went ahead and got the orb before uh, Yondu had a chance. Um, Yondu's uh, notably irritated and so he puts a bounty out on Quill um, for 40,000 credits, whatever credit is. Sounds like a lot though. Um, And we also find out that uh, a Cree fanatic Named Ronan the Accuser, who we can also remember from the Captain Marvel movie, mm-hmm. uh is also on the lookout for this orb. Uh, he is actually working for Thanos to retrieve atre- to the orb. Oh. Yeah. So uh Thanos' two daughters, uh Gamora and Nebula, uh are working with Ronan on this particular job. They've kind of been leased out. I don't know if they're more babysitting or if they're more helping. Hired help, little, I would call them. Little, little both. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Gamora is then sent by Ronin to retrieve the orb to uh, get Quill. Yeah.
1: yeah. And at this point, so you, you get a little bit of the rivalry between Nebula and Gamora.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think, really notably, at this point, you see the full color palette that this movie is going to hit with the, yeah. the color of the aliens. Gamora is a very, really pigmented green.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Nebula, a little bit more muted blue, but like that's, mm-hmm. that's what your aliens are going to look like.
0: Yep. And Yandu is like the bright blue. Yeah. And I am also colorblind, so I'm going to leave all the color palette talk.
1: I'll let you know it's very saturated. Yes. Uh, And I'll also let you know, this is the point where my wife was completely turned off. So this kind of saturation, this is setting the tone. This is a 1950s style Mm sci-fi movie. Super saturated colors. It's not like the modern... So... (laughs) To, to show what people would like. So my wife does like sci-fi. She likes Children the, of Men. Yeah, that kind of stuff. <laughs> or the rebooted Star Trek, huge hit. Loves that yeah. movie. Uh, it's like the it's like a muted color palette. Not the 19. This is a 1950s, 1960s style sci-fi. Mm-hmm. A bit more on the fantastic, right? And you yeah. get that immediately when you see these characters.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of gray in this movie
1: no yeah if you think a lot of the marvel universe is pretty gray, right subtle tones the whole mm-hmm. way through yeah you don't get that here at all uh um, we we see ronan he just beheads a dude right it's it's off screen we
0: don't see him actually like you know the head doesn't like roll off though we do see some blood rolling,
1: rolling yeah down. you see the blood going into a thing which for reasons i don't know why does he I need I think blood? he's bathing in it
0: Ew, yeah. Doesn't he like come out of a bath when we first see him? And then, he, yeah, he, I think he's bathing in the bloods of, blood of his enemies. Oh, that's the ew. impression that I got. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, as, okay. as some people are wont to do. I, I suppose. So we opened Quill sleep, sleeping around with the pink aliens, and then there's a beheading. Mm-hmm. This is all a PG 13 movie. That's right. We
0: had this same question with Guardians of the Galaxy 2.
1: Yeah. Right? There's a whole.
0: Bleep ton of people that just get sh- straight up murdered. Oh, this we're gonna get
1: more murders later on.
0: Oh, yeah, there's full on genocide in this movie and PG 13. James Gunn is a wizard, hmm. interesting.
1: <laughs> and uh, so we got our Ronan the Accuser played by Lee Pace. Yeah, Lee, Lee Pace nowadays apparently is just scream sci fi. Have you been watching the it's uh the Apple Plus TV show Foundation? I have not. So, also starring Lee Pace, Lee Pace playing multiple characters because of plot reasons. Sure. All, all sorts of Lee Pace. Just Lee Pace looking like Lee Pace there. Mm-hmm. And well, you feel in, like in it's fairness, sci-fi. He doesn't
0: look like Lee Pace here. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, uh, he's more Cree. Why is. So, he's like a blue Cree. Yes. Right. And then, why are the other Cree just like look like, uh, you know, people?
1: Jude Law. They didn't want to get into makeup. That's in their contract. I I am not spending five hours getting into makeup. But Lee Pace was like, "Sign me up." Yeah. Well, because Lee Pace is like, you know, I'm going to be the face of sci-fi. So that's that's what he knew that he was going to be in one of the most classic sci-fi tales of all time on Apple Plus in the future. Is it any good? I have heard mixed things. So I think it's good, but I've read all the books, Uh and this differs from the books enough that it's interesting to me. Yeah.
0: So, so Foundation by the, by, by the greatest science fiction writer of all time, I think is pretty clear. Isaac Asimov. Uh, most anybody that ever reads that book says, oh, there's no way this could ever be a TV show or movie.
1: That is exactly what I would say too. <laughs> and uh, I think the <clears throat> makers of the show agreed and decided like, you know what? We'll just sort of take the ideas and we'll go our own way. And that's why it's interesting to me because it has, it's almost as <laughs> inspired by Foundation might be the, the tagline. Right,
0: okay so uh the buyer lee pace lee pace Pace. there you go sure uh so the buyer of uh now peter's orb or quill's orb i'm going to call him a quill to just distinct him just make him distinct from peter parker there aren't that many peters nowadays but when they were making these characters there were just apparently a lot of peters around i have never met a peter
1: Uh, i have because my uncle's named peter but that's there you go Your
0: uncle, presumably older than you are. Different generation, Peter.
1: Older. I also have one of my best friends from high school named Peter. I've never met a Peter. Yeah. Um,
0: So anyway, uh, the buyer of this orb is on the lovely planet Xandar. Doesn't Xandar look pleasant? It does. It's very bright, clear skies. Like, it looks like a very peaceful planet. Looks like San Diego. It does look a lot like San Diego and everybody loves San Diego. Yeah. Um, so uh here, uh Quill is unable to sell the orb when it comes, when it when uh the buyer finds out that Ronin is involved and wants this orb. He mm. wants nothing to do with Ronan because Ronan wants to kill all the Zandarians. That's bad. Because Ronan is a bad guy. Um, spoiler alert: Ronan is the bad guy of this film. Um. A talking raccoon named Rocket and a tree named Groot are also here. And they oh. find the, and they, they're actually, uh, find the, uh, this bounty out on Quill. Remember, it was a bounty out on Quill. Um, we also find that, uh, Gamora is here because she traced, uh, uh, uh Quill to, uh, uh, I don't remember exactly how there was some intelligence that they found out. Yeah, whatever. Um, so we get this like, uh, four way fight in this very peaceful, tranquil little kind of neighborhood of uh, Xandar. yeah, Very good and very funny.
1: Yeah, We got Gamora is looking for the orb. So she's going for Quill to get the orb. The orb rolls away. Rocket and Groot are going for Peter. They have no idea anything about the orb. They don't know anything about the orb. Yeah, they don't care about the orb.
0: They just want the $40,000. Quill just wants to get his orb back and be safe. So uh, none of them get what they want and uh, they are arrested by the Nova Corps. Nova Corps. Yay, the first sign of NovaCore. Corps. Uh, in the comics, NovaCore is very important. There's a prominent character uh, called Nova.
1: Oh, uh, what a name.
0: Particularly, not particularly <laughs> creative. No. He's Nova, he's Nova of the Nova Corps.
1: It's as if you named a character police.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or detective.
3: Yes. You have all he's, he's, the powers of a, of police. a detective. Detective. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, but uh, but uh, John C. Riley. Great, John C. Riley is in this movie. Yeah, Michael. Yeah. I feel awesome. like we should talk about it. Yeah, um, so John C. Riley. Is, is a member of the Nova Corps. He arrests uh, Peter and Gamora and Rocket and Groot. Um, I just we're just gonna we're just gonna go past the fact that. Um, there's a talking raccoon and a tree, well, expertly by uh, Bradley, voice acted by Bradley Cooper and Vin Diesel.
1: Maybe Vin Diesel's best dramatic performance.
0: Maybe, um, and maybe. Well, it's not Bradley Cooper's best anything.
1: No, Cause Bradley cause Cooper's done in. so much stuff. So yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but, I, uh, I will say though that like this, this is the example of just Marvel dunking on everyone. They're in the middle of phase two here they've mm-hmm. hit a home run with avengers already and this is them saying we could take whatever story we want and we'll make it big yep yeah. yep and they, they picked the one with the talking raccoon and the tree yep and like, i do I don't like it <laughs> yeah right. and, and you know what we did yeah we totally liked <laughs> it that's why it's this high up in our rankings
0: yeah this is not even just them dunking this is them this is them like doing like the like the like wasn't it D Brown who did like he he pumped up his shoes before he he dunked in the slam dunk contest? Yep. Maybe covered his eyes before he went up. Right. You know, just like doing something stupid. It was it, This is this is dumb. There's no reason why this movie should have been successful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, this is the one that you tell everyone ahead of time. And when we saw the trailer, people even said that you're like, really? This is what it's going to be. And then you saw it in theaters, you're like, oh, this is what it's going to be. Yeah. It's it's pretty great. Oh, John yeah. C. Riley, obviously. So the casting was made because of the tone of this movie. This is a comedy with a little bit of serious bits to help ground it and that that's works. Mm-hmm. And hey, John C. Riley.
2: Yeah.
3: Dewey
0: Cox, walk hard. There you um, go. we also get Glenn Close. She is Nova Prime, which I guess is like the, the boss of the Novas. Yep. Which is a another like, do they just call her Nova Prime? They call her Nova, the Nova Prime. Cord? Yeah. They got Glenn close to be in a Marvel movie. For like eight seconds.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So um. So yeah, we also get the broker here. So the broker is the guy
0: that doesn't want to take uh uh Peter Quill's orb.
1: Yeah. So you got the broker. Later on, we're gonna get the collector.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Uh it was the Ronan is the accuser. They could have called Ronan the antagonist. I mean, if yeah. you're going to call him the broker, the collector, like, yeah. come on, Marvel. Lots of,
0: lots of definite descriptions. I don't know if the broker has like a history in, in Marvel. He might. Um, the, the collector obviously does. Uh, and, uh, and obviously the accuser does as well. But um, Do you think
1: there's the bookie? Can I go find <laughs> the bookie so I can see who I believe is going to end up with the orb? This podcast brought to you by DraftKings. No, I'm sorry, they're not. <laughs> this
0: podcast is not brought to us by DraftKings.
1: But they, they could
0: bleep, bleep those guys. But if they want to give us money, we'll take it. Yeah, we will um, totally take it. We love DraftKings. They're the best format for doing whatever it is that DraftKings you can do on there.
1: Um, Unless their competitor wants to sponsor us, in which case, screw them. Yes, What's, what would be their competitor? I uh, forgot. There's another one that's exactly like them. There's
0: another one. It's, it's just like it, but they're just less successful. Yeah. Um, anyway. So uh, our heroes, and I use that in scare quotes, but you can't mm-hmm. see that because this is a podcast, are taken to the Kiln, which is a, a huge prison in space. Um, mm-hmm. This is, I think, this is the first sort of notion. In Marvel, there's like, there's like eight different like, super prisons. Right. Um, because every like, super villain needs their own super prison. I believe that Kiln is like the space prison.
1: Okay the arkham asylum of space
0: of space in we've also got the raft which we get i think is the first time we get the raft is in captain america civil war right we talk about there's the there's 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 like a prison in the desert that they that's like a gamma prison that they use for like hulk and other hulk type villains we've got um what else is there there's 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 raven's croft which is like the 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 New York prison for all the like criminally insane. This is like the most Archemy of the prisons, but there, and there's a few more. Every, but every, every supervillain gets their own prison. Huh. It's actually a pretty sweet deal. Being a supervillain, you get your own prison.
3: Not bad. Uh, hmm. I actually didn't realize that there were
1: that many. I just knew about some of these.
0: Yeah. So, uh, no one likes Nebula here because she's working for genocidal maniacs, yeah. both her father and Ronan. Ronan wants to kill everybody. Thanos wants to kill half of everybody. Right. It's just no one likes her. Right. Uh, so um, all the other prisoners want her dead uh, since she is working for these homicidal maniacs. Mm-hmm. Uh, included among them is uh, Drex, the destroyer. Do they? Do we call him Drax the Destroyer in this film? I think I, I think remember. someone
1: calls him that. He says it's Drax the Destroyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: but we don't. I don't think we. It might happen once, and that's it.
1: Yeah, and we see that he's very strong. Not necessarily in this scene, but throughout the movie, and some some amount of like powerful alien, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So he's a big dude played uh, by. Um, Dave Batista, Dave Batista, yeah, former professional wrestler. This is his star turn. This is what this is his star turn, and it sets it's, him up. It's it. I mean, it's kind of he's done other stuff too. Uh, he's gotten quite a career out of uh, uh, painting himself and putting fake tattoos all over his body.
1: Totally. Uh, I do like how they set up the character here to make it fit into the MCU. Drax the Destroyer in the comics is genetically bred to try to kill Thanos. Mm-hmm. And, and <laughs> yeah, which is ridiculous.
2: This one is like,
1: I am very mad at certain people because they killed my family, and that mm-hmm. is what drives me. And that that kind of makes a little bit more sense in the MCU. Yeah, yeah,
0: we haven't we haven't got it and gotten into we we got a little bit with it with Rocket because Rocket is a genetically enhanced uh, raccoon, but um, we don't sort of get this sort of idea of creating life to destroy another life yet. Yeah, now, that maybe will, that'll happen. That's a little weird. I, I have, it probably will happen, but sure, who knows? But yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So we have this prison. Uh, mm-hmm. This prison is we finally get all of our heroes together. And right. It's, in the context of this movie, this is the natural environment, right? Yeah. We've we've established that these people are all scoundrels, and Gamora is not yeah. really supposed to be a. Cri- I mean, she's an assassin, but yeah, the rest are I like think- living this criminal element.
0: I think Gamora's tagline in the comics is the most dangerous woman in the galaxy. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, which is cool. And she's yeah. a badass.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they, they establish in this version that, that uh, Gamora, she's enhanced. She's not quite as enhanced as Nebula, who's basically a cyborg. Right. But she's got some, some armaments and stuff like that uh, because of Thanos. And she can, she's, yeah, she's a highly effective a- assassin. Quill's a scoundrel. Uh, and you've got, you know, Rocket is clearly out bounty hunting, not, mm-hmm. which isn't really criminal. But with the with Groot as, as his sidekick,
0: yeah. And uh, and Groot is a tree, and the most powerful of all of them, right?
2: I yeah, think Groot. Is pretty much. Groot's
0: basically immortal. Kinda. Yeah. We'll talk about it. But yeah, he's, uh and he can sort of, he can do all kinds of impossible things, like he can. Get him he can grow his fingers really long and then retract them. And he's really strong he and do all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah.
3: Uh,
1: this um, isn't the only version of the Guardians of the Galaxy in the comics. Like, it was sort of a line and the, the moniker is used for different heroes. The, the original version is much more uh, more hero-based. Eventually, they become this quitter, Peter Quill version. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could have started in the prison, given the, the integration. So if they wanted to make the
0: if I think if they wanted to make the sort of the story more complicated, they probably would have. Yeah. Um, you could have started in here, like you know, they started in a prison with well so, Um this actually this movie comes before Man. Yep. But yeah. So uh <clears throat> while saving Gamora, because uh Peter kind of has a thing for gamora let's yeah. face it. He's kind of thinking with his other brain. Uh This crazy bunch hatch a plan to escape the prison. Uh, It's a rocket's plan, and it works. Uh Uh, Fortunately, all their belongings were confiscated by the Nova Corps and brought with them to the prison. Uh, So they're able to escape, uh, and they get all their stuff back, which includes this orb. Right. Um, Given what happens at the end. Now, this is a good action scene. This is actually my favorite action scene from the film. Very well done. Uh, very well done. This is where you get the perfect sort of blend of, um, you know, Peter is getting his butt kicked in the beginning of the prison scene uh, to uh, uh, hooked on a feeling. The song.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, this scene, I think, is it doesn't have like a un, until you get until Peter gets his uh, Walkman back. Uh, it's scored like a like a normal action scene would be. So most of the action is scored like a regular Avengers film. And the score in this film is great. Uh, and then once Peter gets his stuff back, you get um, the Pina Colada song. Mm-hmm. No one calls it by its real name. Right. So well, I will not well, either.
1: I think even the title has, quote, the Pina Colada song in it now. Right,
0: it's, it's in parentheses. Right. But no one calls it by its real name. And we will not hear. Right. Um, yeah. So... Uh, so, but given what happens later, and we, we'll just jump ahead and say, okay, we okay, the orb is a it's an infinity stone. Uh, could the Nova they give the Nova Corps this infinity stone later in the movie?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> if they had just taken it and been like, okay, we'll take this, what happens to the rest of the movie? It's just over at that point. Yeah,
1: I guess the good guys they probably still escape they just don't yeah. get to get the stone back but they escape mm-hmm. yeah, yeah movie ends they they're still like hey let's go do stuff and like that's it
0: but they probably don't have that same strong bond mm-hmm. to sort of you know goose do stuff later we might see one of the characters like betray one of the others mm-hmm. rocket may still rocket may try to get that that uh that bounty on peter oh totally yeah so anyway but I, but this is a really good action scene yeah. uh but also Nova Corps, clearly negligent. Yep. I blame John C. Riley. Yep. No, All those Nova lives. Prime too. Yep. Yep. All those lives. Uh for for not scanning things better. Now they point out later, and we can talk about this, but they scan Peter really well and they can find out some genetic stuff about him. But they couldn't find out that an infinity stone was in a little like little circular metal thing.
1: Yeah. So this is telling me that the Nova Corps- like the GOP are so obsessed with race and what people uh-huh. are that they neglect uh-huh. to see the most important thing in front of them, one of the most fundamental things of the universe, right in front of them. Just like they forget to see that, like, hey, there's a pandemic, you know, a right. once in a lifetime, hopefully, yeah. kind there's, of disease. There's that, in front dude,
0: of you. there's that dude with a machine gun. We're not gonna worry about that. Right. We because we don't care about that. But oh my god, that woman might be pregnant. Mm. We have to do something about this, anyway.
1: All we know, the Glenn Close aliens, bunch of racists. Yes. That's what I'm declaring. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. So our heroes attempt to take the orb to nowhere. They're all working together. Mm -hmm. uh, Where the collector is willing to buy the orb, uh, which would set them up very well,
1: financially. Four billion credits.
0: So, yeah 4 billion credits like a billion credits a piece we assume a billion credits is a lot yeah you
1: know more
0: than 40,000 rocket, rocket was willing to kidnap a person and take him to the Ravagers for 40,000 credits mm-hmm. so um so a lot of things happen all at once there's a big explosion it's an infinity stone ooh the audience knows uh, yes the audience now knows that it's an infinity stone uh, and uh ronin Remember ronin
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh
0: a drunken Drex gives him a call and yeah. is like, hey, I want to fight you.
2: you. And I'm here on this
0: on this planet nowhere. Nowhere happens to be the uh the hollowed out brain of a
1: I guess that it's a celestial. They call it a celestial. They use that term. Yeah.
0: yeah. We're gonna we're gonna learn about celestials in a month or so when we uh when the uh, uh, uh eternals movie is released. Uh-huh. Um <clears throat> so, lots of things happen on nowhere. There's fights. Ronan fights Drax. Drax gets his ass kicked. Um, Gamora and Quill are taken by the Ravagers. Uh, Ronan and Nebula get the uh, Infinity Stone. And uh, Rocket and Drax and then and Groot have to decide what they're going to do. Right? Is that what happens?
1: Yeah. I they, they, they're like, do we just. Run away, or do we try to save Quill and Gamora? Right, and they're like, ah we're gonna save them."
0: Yeah, pretty much. Not sure why, but they do. Reasons? Yeah. Um. So, this is the first time where we get to see. This is a superhero team that just can't get it out of its own way. Uh-huh. We saw this a little bit in Guardians of the Galaxy Two, and we definitely see it in Infinity War. Uh, with oh, Peter yes. Quill not being able to control his anger. Yeah. Um. Drax screws, screws the team over by calling Ronan. Ronan no, and Nebula, they had no idea where anybody was. Uh-huh. They weren't on their way to nowhere. They were just... They had, they, had, they had followed them to the prison. They killed everybody at the prison, but they had already escaped. They yep. were gone. They were in the wind. There was no way to find them. Uh-huh. Uh, so, I think... This points out that the members of the Guardians of the Galaxy, their real superpower
1: is forgiveness. 100%. In Guardians of the Galaxy 2, we talk about the whole theme of the movie is found family. Mm-hmm. And what is family if nothing? It's about forgiveness, right? That's, that's how you yeah. keep your family together.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, this movie isn't as like close as that, that next one because you know, there's, there's time involved there. But they, give, they forgive uh, Drax pretty quick. Despite the fact that he's screwed over the whole universe,
1: yeah, um, he did the worst form of drunk calling here by calling. Yes. He gets drunk by betting on some rodents fighting, yeah, and then he calls Ronan the Accuser. Yes, uh, that I don't think many people can claim to have done. I'm, I'm going to call the genocidal maniac. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's like it's like if we decided to call like Tyson Fury, the, <laughs> yeah. the boxer. Yeah. And and just be like, and just like trash talk him and say, you know what? Come here and try to kick my ass and see what happens to you, Mr. Fury. And he comes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, that is exactly what happens here. So I love that gambling scene. Drax, Rocket and Groot, are all together. They're they're seeing these Mm -hmm. rodents racing and fighting a lot of funny stuff. And there's a little bit of heart too, because we get somehow they get into a fight, which we don't see. Why? Right. But we see them fighting, and then you know we get a little bit of character development from from Rocket. This point here that we're at now, this is the characters in the deer. All of them are mm-hmm. at the, their bottom, where right. you know we've got at Peter. The same time. Yeah, at the same time, which is great. Peter, mm-hmm. Gamora, they're trapped. They're captured by the Ravagers. Drax, his whole point in life is to beat up Ronan. He's gotten his butt kicked. One hundred percent. He can't take him mm-hmm. one on one. A rocket and Groot they're they're, just, they're all on the outs mm-hmm. and uh yeah so we we saw them get together in the prison and then decide on a goal and now we've seen them at the, the bottom yep so
0: we're 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 coming to our denim denouement. De, denouement sorry yeah uh, so Ronan with the uh infinity stone is on his way to destroy xandar hmm. um Peter comes up with uh, what he calls 12% of the plan. So the Guardians are reunited with the Ravagers. Right. And they have to come up with a plan that the Ravagers will go along with to try to save the galaxy from Ronan, who now has an Infinity Stone and might try to kill everyone. Hmm. Um, This is where the group really comes together and sort of um, kind of recognizes their faults recognizes like forgives each other for the the sins they have committed right and they have to come together and 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 and, and reach a common goal right so the plans a little con- convoluted but rocket and the ravagers <clears throat> are going to be in spaceships they're going to uh take to uh the sky and stop so ronin is in a cree warship which is giant if you remember from captain marvel it's like like it feels like it's like a mile across right and so Rocket and and, and the Ravagers are going to be in spaceships and they're going to be fighting. They've contacted the Nova Corps and said, hey, Ronan's coming Uh, and it works and all the other members of the Guardians, they're going to infiltrate the ship, try to get to Ronan, use this super weapon that Rocket has invented to kill Ronan and save the day. That's the yeah. plan, right? So uh, Gamora is going to fight Nebula because Nebula is the key to getting to Ronan. She, she knows the ship because she worked on it. So that Nebula is guarding like the force field that guards the door. It, it's convoluted, but it works. Uh-huh. It works, except that it doesn't. So everything happens according to quote-unquote plan. It's a good fight scene. There's several different sort of layers to it. Um, We can certainly talk about it, but they
1: use the the super weapon and it doesn't like even scratch Roman. Yeah, he gets blasted and then remains standing. Maybe because he's holding the infinity stone? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Um, Yeah. uh, So
0: at this point, uh, I really love the the Nova Corps' position, which is basically a sacrifice themselves to save the planet. Uh-huh. So, they, they create this like energy shield with all these ships uh, spread across to create like a just a big net that stops the, uh, uh, the ship from just crashing into the planet. Yep. And
1: uh, but, uh, but Ronan's a jerk. <laughs> he's, he's a total jerk. Yeah. Uh, Rocket ends up saving the day by crashing his ship into the, the, the cockpit there. And then it sends right. the whole thing down tumbling down yeah down to the planet and and Groot saves the the team of guardians
0: by kind of sacrificing himself and making himself into a tree ball
1: yeah and he finally changes his he deviates from the only thing he says instead of saying i am Groot he says we are Groot yeah
0: yeah i i probably screwed up with this entire uh recap and not just said, I am Groot all over, over and over and over again. Yeah, people have seen the movie. They know it's I am Groot. That would have been a very avant-garde way to, to do this podcast and just say, I am, <laughs> I am Groot. I am Groot. I am Groot. I am Groot. Uh, and, and hope that people got it. Yeah. Um,
1: so yeah, this is this is a cool action scene. Yeah, totally. So we talked about how convoluted it is. I think it's really good to do something convoluted. It's It's like in star Wars, when they're attacking the death star, you have different groups. You have the group split up to do different things. Yeah. Right. It it allows for
0: really fast editing between scenes. So you get, you know, 30 seconds of a fight between Nebula and Gamora. And then you go back to Peter and Drax and um, uh, uh, group fighting a group of Kree. Then you jump to rocket flying around in a spaceship with uh, with uh the guy from uh I think he's the guy from Harry Potter. <laughs> and uh <laughs> and then you know you get uh you know Ronan being all broody and then you can you know pop back and forth to the different uh areas and you'll get a shot of Nova Prime. She's worried. And so you just get these little you can you could do these little 15, 30 second, 45 second scenes where you just jump back and forth and it's really effective.
1: Yeah, it, it's really it's well done. Uh they definitely have some oddly specific tech <laughs> to,
2: mm-hmm. make the,
1: to make the scene work where the Nova Corps can yeah. make a shield with all yes. their ships linking together, which can mm-hmm. hold back a warship. Yes, thankfully. Yeah. Well, they've been,
0: at war. they've been at war with the Kree for centuries, apparently. The Kree can't get along with anyone.
1: No, they're jerks,
0: huh? Yeah. Uh, um, we this have is a also fight. a space fight. Yep. Space fight. It's a space fight over a planet. Mm which we've talked about before space fights in space don't work anymore but no nope. Star Wars overdid it you need to have space fights with like ground yeah and it just works yeah. better now then you in know, and know which street. way is up that's why yeah it just works better uh, you know the top gun style space fight um,
1: so we see Yandu on the planet uh-huh. surrounded by uh, they're actually not kree right they're they're sakar or whatever they're called Something, they're like whatever. They're is. like paper. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, so you see Yandu finally get to use the arrow. Like he'd hinted at it for a long time. He's showing the arrow, right. and everyone's like, "Ooh." Mm-hmm. He uses the arrow, and as we've seen in Guardians of the Galaxy Two, it is the greatest weapon in the universe.
0: Yes, certainly the greatest offensive weapon. Right. Like right. Mjolnir might have like a little bit more defense to it. Right. Like he can block stuff with it. Like I'm and not you sure can fly with
1: Mjolnir. Can... Right. You can sure do things. Sure. Yeah. But this thing—it's
0: a murder machine. <laughs> it's made <it's
1: based laughs> for murder. Not only does he kill every soldier around him, which is an art—he's got like twenty. He's got a battalion around him, right? Yep. He also takes out a ship. That's right. Uh shouldn't he have just like destroyed at least a large portion of the fleet using that arrow? Maybe.
0: Maybe it can only go so far as is like you can hear his whistle. Okay. Maybe. Limit. But of course, range. he did. He did this in a giant ship, which. Through different rooms and stuff, I don't know that it works. Yeah, because he did something in Guardians of the Galaxy too. It's a powerful weapon, and all he has to do is whistle and think about things. And
1: you know, yeah. There's going to be another "What If" season. Maybe in one of the "What Ifs," what if Yondu never learned to whistle? That's <laughs> <laughs> very difficult. My my youngest was trying. Can't do it yet.
0: Yeah, it's you know what I can't, I can't do the little whistle where you put your fingers in. And...
1: I've never learned to do that. I've always wanted to. I've, God, man, I me too. Hmm. It's one of the few
0: things that's just like, gosh, I wish I could do that. And it's one of the reasons why i I really haven't really done much youth coaching. How can you do youth coaching if you can't do the whistle? No, that's it. You're out.
2: Wow.
0: So, um, but a good. I mean, if he if he could have, if it doesn't just need the sound of his whistle, you know, could he have destroyed the entire fleet of cruise warships with it? Or would it just stick into a wall?
3: Yeah, once it sticks in the wall, then you're done.
0: Yeah. Um, So the giant Kree warship crash lands on Xandar. uh, And Ronan is about to destroy Xandar with the uh, Infinity Stone uh, when Quill uh, proposes a dance-off. He is Mm -hmm. dancing at this point to uh, U Child. can't remember the artist. Good song. Good song. The distraction works... Uh, as Rocket is able to re- sort of reassemble that super weapon that he created before. Uh, and instead of shooting Ronin, uh, Drax actually points it at Ronin's hammer, which is holding the Infinity Stone. So it dislodges the Infinity Stone from the hammer. Uh, Quill grabs it, which we learned earlier in the movie, you don't want to grab an Infinity Stone.
2: Because
0: it, ma- it makes you blow up. Yeah. and 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 die, uh, but Peter doesn't die right away. Um, he's able to hold it for a few uh, moments with uh, some help for the other the other Guardians. Uh, they all sort of this is a good sort of you know bonding moment where they all sort of come together and hold hands and you know Rocket's even holding the twig of of uh, root uh, while they're doing this. Uh, and they they're able to vaporize um, Ronan, kill him. Gone, Ronan the accuser. And farewell, uh, farewell, Lee Pace. Yeah. And yay, we win. Yay. Mm-hmm. And uh he does have a cringe cringeworthy line though. Quill does. He's like, We're the guardians of the galaxy, bitch.
1: Yeah. He says Was that that, the... that Ronan called them that earlier. Yeah. I don't know, honestly. I honestly don't remember when he did he it. Does. Just, he I, does. He okay. does, he does. He calls them these guardians of the galaxy okay so that's where the, yeah. the titular mm-hmm. line comes in
0: yeah it's not very good no it's not that that line and the, and the line that uh, peter quill has is oh man i just wanted to cringe
2: yeah it was the only yeah.
0: cringe it was the only line where i was just like really yeah do that right here yeah because yeah. everything else was perfectly in in place but uh this this was a weird line but anyway uh and then, uh, you know, Yondu shows up right there and's like, hey, give me my orb. Because that was the whole deal for the Ravagers helping. Mm-hmm. And Quill gives him the orb. But it turns out he tricked him. Oh. Because it wasn't the orb. It was a, you know, a fake orb,
1: a forb. You, you know, I'm going to say the Ravagers, they kind of sacrificed a lot. Yeah. A lot of for them died. A little, for for a very little. They, you could give them something to get 4 billion credits, you know, like. Come on, that's what do you what do you have? I mean, Rocket could have probably made him something. That... Yeah, he can make weapons. I'm like, just sell arms. I think that's fine. In this, in the context of this universe, sure. I agree.
3: So um
0: so you point this out, and I and I kind of agree with you. Like Ronan is a is a pretty powerful villain in, in the Marvel comics. Yeah, Uh, he's always sort of popping up and he is like the greatest of the Kree warriors like he is the most indestructible of all the Kree. Right. And it's it's kind of sad that we won't get to see him and or Lee Pace
1: anymore. Yeah. As I said, Lee Pace screams Um, (laughs) sci-fi. You want as much Lee Pace as you could possibly have. Good actor. Uh, The scene here where... Peter is grabbing onto the infinity stone. It calls back to the take my hand Peter." And I mean, they even show it. So it's not meant to be a secret. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think this is really good because this is, there's a reason why they opened the movie the way they did. And they don't, to the movie's credit, they don't explain why it's connecting emotionally back to the Mm -hmm. beginning, but you know, the audience knows.
0: Show, don't tell. Yeah. You don't have to tell. You can just show it. Um, so, the, uh, the, the Guardians, they hand the uh, Infinity Stone over to the Noble Corps, which again, they could have just done when they got arrested. Right. Um, we find out that Peter is more than human. They did this scan on him, and it's like, you know, his mom is Earth from Earth, Terran, but uh, his, his father is different. Oh. Um, and spoiler alert, well, it's not a spoiler alert. We did this already. He's yes. ego. Which right. is, he's like a planet. We, we don't know what Ego is, right? He's, he no, they, he's...
1: They, they say that he's a celestial. Yeah, he says he's a celestial. Is he a celestial? That, well, I guess we'll find out more in the Eternals. Because Ego, as we know now, Ego easily could have been lying. Mm-hmm. In the comics, Ego's not supposed to be a celestial.
0: Right, he's just a living planet. Right. But this could be them sort of, the MCU sort of simplifying things and just making... Anybody that's got powers beyond, like, you know, human level, has to have some sort of explanation for what they are, and it the, the simpler explanation, the better. So if you're if you're going to be adding celestials to your universe, it's probably easier to do this. Sure, why not? Anyway, um, their uh, their records are expunged, which yeah. you know, so they don't have to go back to prison. Yay. Yeah. Uh, and they're free to go with a br- brand new cool ship. They gave them a pre- brand new cool ship. Yeah, that's a pretty good yeah. deal. It is a good deal. Um, and the Groot sapling starts to grow and we get our first little glimpses of Baby Groot. A very popular toy, very cute. Very, pop- very popular toy. Um, I do wonder if that maybe was the reason why they went with the Guardians of the Galaxy knowing that they could sell
1: Groot toys. Uh, and Rocket Toys. <laughs> Very possible. I don't, I have no idea if Marvel actually knew that this was going to be such a hit that those yeah. toys would be popular. Because yeah. again, uh, this, this is such a dunk. Like it's, uh-huh. it's hard to like, you've, you've established the whole MCU so far as sort of this fantastic realism. And then you're going to say, talking tree, talking record.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
1: So now, yeah, we're, we're at the capper and we've hit, this is an origin story, right? Yeah. We've had the, the whole team origin story. It's first time I think we've got the whole team introduced as opposed to just a single hero introduced in a, in a movie.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, and, and you know, and certainly during the Avengers movies, we've already introduced all those characters prior right. uh, at some point. Um, so yeah, this is like a, an origin story for a group, which is unique, right?
1: Yeah, they fast track their way to there. Uh, I did see this when I saw it in the theaters with friends who hadn't really read the comics. And again, to be fair, I only read the comics right before the movie because, mm-hmm. let's face it, Guardians of the Galaxy was not like a super popular comic. No, right? It, it, I was asked, like, "Hey, didn't all Still these car- didn't all these characters because... have their own stories beforehand, and then they were brought together as a team?" And I was like, "Yeah, that, that's totally true." I actually yeah. think that's a credit to the movie where people felt like all of these characters had long histories. Right. And then you see them together here.
0: Yeah, most of the time, in particularly Marvel comics, uh, teams are not written as original. Uh-huh. Most of the time, characters are created first. They're tried to sort of made out to be their own sort of you know, comic and have series and everything around it. And if they're popular enough, they... Get their own series. If they're not, they hold on to that and maybe they put it into a, like a, a group later on with some sort of similarly. That's how the Avengers got started.
3: Hell yeah.
2: <laughs> oh.
1: Yeah. So we've got um, our team together and I think what's really nice about this setup is you can see them as a team. They go off. They could be doing other adventures. And then you kind of when you open into Guardians of the Galaxy 2, you could just imagine that was just yet another adventure. One yeah. of many that had happened in between the two movies. Yeah. So,
0: uh, post credits, uh, we jump back to the uh, collector, Mm -hmm. uh, who's uh, licking his wounds, and he has a little conversation with Howard the Duck. Uh, We don't need to discuss that. That's it was a stupid little scene. It was
1: funny. I I guess James Gunn remembered and liked the Lucasfilm Howard the Duck movie. He might be the only one. That. Was a dunk before you had earned the ability to make a dunk because that was a very (laughs) early Marvel movie. Yeah, I don't know why they started with Howard the Duck.
0: This was a movie where Leah Thompson has sex with a duck, she
1: 100% has sex with a duck. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, not a duck, an alien that resembles a duck. Yeah, so like a four foot tall duck,
0: maybe three foot tall duck.
1: Uh, you know what? The other thing is that's not the first time you see ducks having sex in the movie, because earlier on you saw scenes from the Duck Planet, and there there are silhouettes of ducks. There's some uh, ducking going on. There's okay. ducking. Hey.
0: Um. All right. Woo. Okay. So let's get into our final thoughts. We don't need to dwell on on Howard the Duck, oh. because the, it, it's pretty clear that they're going to do some Howard the Duck sh- stuff. Uh, they hired actually a pretty Prominent voice actor, so Seth Green, uh, who's done lots of voice voice acting, uh, as well as he was, you know, uh, Oz in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, that guy. Um, he's the voice of Howard the Duck. So, and I think he's he was also voice of Howard the Duck in the What If shows. Hmm. So clearly, I think they have some plans down the line for Howard the Duck. Okay. So we'll we'll get to talk more Howard the Duck at a later date. Sure. So. What are our final thoughts? So the score and the soundtrack to this movie are nearly perfect.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so it's it's set up that, you know, Cool's mom has this really unique ear. Uh, so she either picks these kind of, what you might think of her like cheesy one-hit wonders um, or like the seventh best song from a great artist. Right. Um, so for example, like, like, uh, uh, there's a david bowie song in this movie but it's not changes it's not space oddity which you would have thought it would have been right like had the creators of captain marvel created this movie and they want to put a david bowie song in uh-huh. they would it would have been like oh it's in space let's do space oddity ground control right. to major tom that's what would have been the song but no they take they take t- teenage mood dream from uh from the um uh, uh ziggy stardust album um yeah. which is a great I- which is a great Song, but it's also like it's not even like it's not like
1: Bowie's greatest hits, right? But I I think since it's established that this is his mom's favorite songs, I think that's why it really works, yeah, right? Because it's not like
0: the best song from anybody
1: unless it's like a one hit wonder, no, it's her favorites,
0: right? So, and it's and it's you can tell that someone spent more than a few days thinking about what songs they were going to put in this movie. It wasn't just, what can we get the rights to from, you know, 1971 to 1982? Like, what are we going to actually think about in how we actually do this? Let's, 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 be, let's be careful about this. Let's, let's find some things with heart. Let's find some things with, like, uniqueness that would have sort of established a sound. Like, Hooked on a Feeling is, is itself like, like this really cheesy song, but it starts with these uh, hookah hookah hookah. That's, the, that's just weird. Yeah. Right? There's lots of drugs going on in this in the making as well.
1: Right. I, and it's it works really well because the music is catchy at first, and then you get the story connection. Yeah. It's it's really brilliant. Like it's a really yeah. good way to that's what you want to do with your soundtrack. Yeah, so, you, you want so, to be part of storytelling.
0: Yeah, and I didn't mention it in the in the recap, but this, the film's sweetest moment is at the very end, Quill opens this this uh present that he got from his mom at the beginning he's he's wrecked with guilt for much of his life and he hasn't wanted to open this present because it's the last sort of thing from his mom right that he that he has he doesn't want to just uh uh you know waste it and he opens this present and it presents and it's a second Mm
2: mixtape
0: so he's got this so we set up our sequel that way right right pretty great so some of the highlights from the soundtrack i mentioned this before, Hooked on a Feeling when when Quill's getting tortured in prison. Um, And when he gets his uh, Walkman back, uh, the Pina Colada song.
1: Yeah. So so the Pina Colada song, have you listened to the lyrics?
0: Oh, yeah, the terrible couple.
1: Yeah. I don't know if that's appropriate for an 11-year-old.
0: Certainly. (laughs) Certainly uh, you wouldn't want to uh, have that be a sort of act this way, son.
1: Yeah, the the ha good moment feeling of like, oh look, we were both going to be unfaithful to each other. other, but yeah. we
0: found each other again. Oh, isn't that sweet? Yeah, that's a that's a codependent relationship. That's that's probably not going to last.
1: Maybe that was okay in the seventies. I don't know. I I think you should just talk to each other. That's there my. There was a lot of
0: cocaine going on. We've talked about a lot of cocaine, but we won't talk anymore about it.
1: Fair enough. Um,
0: this is the MCU's first action comedy right everything up to then had had sort of comedic moments like you think about you know darcy from the thor movies you think about um you know tony stark is super quippy and and sarcastic and funny um but i think this is the first and i sort of established it this way like this is the first movie in the mcu where like a scene sets up a joke versus a joke setting up a scene right right. and there's the scene late in the movie uh where um you know sean c Riley, i can't remember his name he's a nova he goes to nova prime and he's telling telling them about this message that he got from from quill and quill tells him that you know we may be a-holes but i'm not a and this is a quote a total dick right and then the next time you see uh quill uh and the Nova Corps has, you know, joined the fight, he's like, he yells out, they got my dick message! Yes. <laughs> Which is <laughs> right? very funny. It's very funny. It's a completely unnecessary scene if you don't have that joke later, right? Right. Like, you didn't really need to have, like, the Nova Corps, they're, they're getting their whole planet attacked. They're going to defend it no matter what. Right. They didn't need to have a setup of, oh, the Guardians contacted them. Uh, this, was, this was totally just setting up that joke. You had an entire scene that set up the dick joke. It was funny.
1: It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a comedic movie at its heart, and that's what drives the action, right? Like, the, you, you start with jokes first. Yeah, and this happened
0: first. So, like, you know, and then we've talked about both the Man uh, movies now, as well as the, uh, the Spider-Man franchise is very much like that, too. Those are, those are movies that have scenes that set up jokes versus jokes that set up sort of the dramatic scenes. Right, right. Um, I think the action scenes in this movie are really good, and the CGI yeah. is really good. Yeah,
1: yeah. It, it's it's really good. Action scenes have really good setups, and I'll dare I say, writing too, where the there's enough sci-fi elements brought in here. Like, oh, you know, we're in the, this happens on uh, when they're in nowhere. Like, oh yeah, yeah these little uh, mining spaceships we're in, they can't go into outer space, and so that's a, an important plot point later on. It sets up drama. They do a really good job of setting the stakes the whole way through. Like, oh, again, with those mining ships, we've got no weapons on these things. Oh, but they're really tough. What can we do with them? They, they burst through all the ships, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, all the time, the audience can tell what's going on, and it makes it fun. Everything is set up to be fun and, and quick.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't waste time with explaining stuff. They just, just If they need to tell you something, they do, but then they just show you what it does. Yeah. Right, Because like you mentioned, the mining thing, like Quill and Rocket have this sort of back and forth uh, where neither of them explains what the, the, the mining ships do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Rocket just does it yeah, and just blows through a Cree ship because, oh, it's a mining thing. It's meant to just drill through stuff. It's not meant to uh, fly fast or really do anything other than just, you know, it's a bowling ball basically.
1: Right. Yeah. Rocket picks up off of what Quill says. And another thing that they do with the action scenes is like Quill is the one who realizes this. So you mm-hmm. get something about the character there which leads into the action. So these aren't just meaningless action scenes like, oh, he's a good fighter. Like, no, he's, mm-hmm. he's a clever fighter. He's actually not yeah. the best fighter. Drax is a better fighter. Gamora is right. a better fighter. Quill, mm-hmm. Quill is clever with his weapons and tech.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I really, I think, you know, we, we've talked about this before. I think we talked about this when we talked about um avengers age of ultron where that that movie has a just a huge sort of show me don't tell me ver- like problem mm-hmm. where it's telling you all this stuff and it's having these characters talk about what happened rather than just show you what happened yeah uh and this is a great movie because it just shows you stuff it doesn't waste time explaining stuff it just shows you what happens you know we we hear that, that Ronan is a fanatic and we hear that he's a genocidal maniac, right? But they don't waste time explaining that he that he went through and killed 17 million people on this, you know. Right. He he cut some heads, dude's head off the first scene. So we know he's a bad dude. Yeah. We got the, we got it right there and the, they show it. Yeah. And yeah. it's still PG13.
1: <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> uh, so how many Zandarians. They're dead because track's called Ronan a lot. Yeah, don't you think? Yeah, all I mean, of the well, we see all of the Nova Corps. Their spaceships—they all get blown up.
0: Yeah. mm mm-hmm. So the guy that I think was he, he, i think it was the guy from uh, from uh, Harry Potter. He got yep. blown up. He was like the one other Nova Corps that we care about. Yep. Um. Similarly, how many? Uh, how many other Xandarians are dead just because they didn't confiscate the prisoners' stuff? Yeah, like like you take their weapons, right? And you don't give them back their weapons when they leave prison. Like if here, if you're if you're arrested, so you'll have, you know, your clothes and, you know, your wallet and stuff like that, that'll be returned to you. But if you're carrying a gun, you're not getting that gun back. Yeah. You're not getting the, you know? the
1: infinity stone back.
0: You're not getting the infinity stone back. You got to take that infinity stone. Let's see what this is before we just put it in a milk crate and, you know, a cubby hole and then we'll uh
1: just Leave it on the kiln. Yeah. What if it's a bomb? Yeah. Don't don't give, I mean, the way it works, it's like a bomb. That's, uh, let's not yeah. give it back. So, Ronin comes uh-huh. to attack Xandar in one warship. Now, we've seen him attack the Earth with multiple warships three warships, I believe. Yeah. Uh, the Xandarians have been at war with the Kree for a long time. That's why he's so pissed off, right? So, yeah. they allegedly have very advanced weapons.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: uh how they 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 don't even handle one warship yeah
0: um i think so you know at the beginning we do learn that there's been a there's been a treaty between the two uh nation or worlds however it is um but there was a war beforehand you'd think that that the cree would have just wiped them out before this yeah when they were fighting now maybe it was more of like a cold war where you Mm -hmm. have like like, neither side is really willing to just go at the other's home world. Maybe they're fighting, you know, on the moon of whatever. And, you know, it, it, it works out okay for everybody involved. But, yeah, it, it, it did seem like that was not enough force to, to wipe out the planet. Like, if he had just brought one other ship with him. Awesome. At this point, I guess he's like, a, he's, like, not working with
1: the full Kree support. Yeah, they, they don't like him. It's like, hey, you're too much of an accuser, right? Like, that's...
0: <laughs> If only he weren't so much of an accuser. <laughs> He'd be better <laughs> off. Just, just, just accuse a little bit less. A little how less many ac- accusi- How many accusations do you have to, maybe make, to make before somebody calls you the accuser? Uh,
3: apparently
1: a lot.
0: Yeah. Because he doesn't do any accusing in this movie.
1: You know, I never saw that in this movie and I'm going to take fault with him there. Lee Pace, do some accusing.
0: Yeah, he does some judging. He says at the end, you know, you have been judged Mm. and we're going to, you know, destroy you. But he doesn't do any accusing. He doesn't be like, hey, Guardians of the Galaxy, you've been accused of, you know, being big jerks.
1: So maybe Ronan is just mad that he can't go after the scrolls. And he's like, well, I, I can't get the scrolls, but I sh- can sure get these Xandarians. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. go after them.
0: Maybe we did see a scroll in this movie. Oh. Well oh, that's the right. scroll, the collector has a scroll.
3: That's right. Right, that's right.
0: Um so yeah, Xandar should probably have like an early warning system, like a like like an orbital defense, like satellites that sort of contact their you know if they're in a at war with a crazy grey dude that's got a warship
1: if they have a little bit of an early warning system and one of those uh arrows that yandu has they're set
0: what okay so yandu is not the richest character in the marvel cinematic universe nope he's not the smartest character in the marvel cinematic universe Mm-mm. so my guess is, is that he didn't make the arrow. Nope. He probably bought that arrow. from <gasps> mm-hmm. does that, does that, Was that the only arrow that that, was that, that guy ever made?
1: Maybe. Or the woman ever made? Okay, so we have not seen very many characters whistle in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Later on in Black Widow, we see Yelena can do it. Right. Natasha can do it. Maybe no one else can whistle. <laughs> Maybe there's only three is there three members of the MCU that can whistle? Right, and Natasha and Yelena, they have no idea that whistling turns out to be the most powerful force in the universe because they don't have the arrow.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. We I like it that. it all
1: out. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, so the Collector, we know from the end of Thor 2, and we have watched that movie, uh, so you don't have to. <laughs> Please don't. <watch> it. <laughs> um, he already has an Infinity Stone. so he already has at this point the aether which is uh uh the reality stone i don't know that we're at this point we know that it's an infinity stone but we're kind of i think we do um because the uh the asgardians give it to this to give it to the collector yeah uh Uh, bad idea asgardians yes it was it was a bad idea but he's got a name but we don't care um And it's a good thing that that other infinity stone didn't go off when the, this, this stone blew up uh-huh. and it didn't, it just blew up the girl that grabbed it, but it didn't like blow up anything else, but it's good thing that he didn't have it. Like, you know, I mean, if he was like, Ooh, I've got my infinity stone, my second one, maybe I should put it next to my other one as like a set. He seems hmm. to be like into that kind of stuff. Right. Right. Like he's a collector. He's not, the haver of things, he's the collector. He likes to put things out so people can see
1: them. He's the guy that keeps the toys in the original packaging and won't open it to use right. it. Right. Um, but
0: we have seen from the What If Show, which you have also finished, uh, in I think my favorite episode from that, where uh, T'Challa, the, 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 the thing is that T'Challa becomes Star-Lord. So in this, circumstance when um the collector collects the infinity stones and he becomes like a big bad he becomes like an avengers level threat he's using the stones he's really strong he's powerful he's doing stuff he turns that 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 stupid uh, arrow he just grabs it and breaks it in half uh-huh. and that's it it's not even that powerful a thing anymore all you can do is whistle now Yandu.
1: yeah yeah, all of a sudden the most powerful weapon in the universe isn't that good. So maybe that's why it's not so good. It yeah. turns out no one can catch it.
0: All you, if he just, all you have to do is just catch it and break it in half and it's done. So that doesn't, you know. Um, so were we like a couple of minutes in this movie from like had somebody had this, had this slave of the collectors not just grabbed the uh, stone and blown up stuff. Was he going to be, just become like a genocidal maniac too? Pretty much
1: just I think, okay I think we saw that from what if? hmm Answered.
3: <clears throat> yep. So Ronan, he's
2: mm-hmm. just a
1: Cree, I thought. Right. Just a dude. He thought so. He holds the infinity stone. For like about 10 seconds. And puts it into his hammer. Yeah. And he wields right. it. Yep.
3: Uh,
1: I thought he was just supposed to be a Cree.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, he was supposed to be. Dead. I think he is just a Kree, or
1: was. I guess he's dead now. Yeah, well, now he's totally dead. Uh, so the pink alien couldn't hold it. Are mm-hmm. all the Kree this powerful? I think Kree are supposed to be more powerful than humans. Well, okay, we see this from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? They're right. stronger for sure. Right. He calls Peter Quill immortal. Mm-hmm. So is Ronan immortal? Well, I mean, I could call you immortal that doesn't make me immortal that's true (laughs) you mere mortal (laughs) again i wonder if in this continuity uh somehow ronan is an enhanced kree he might be because like like the
0: kree was doing enhancements we know this from captain marvel right like like she thought she was enhanced right right and and the dude that we see in both movies who i can't remember his name and i can't pronounce the actor's name uh, he has some sort of implant in his head, right? That I think Drax rips out, right. and that presumably kills him. But... yeah, Drax doing
1: lots of death murders, movie yeah. a lot no, of murders. Like,
0: no bad guys live, I don't think. Yeah, no, they're all dead, all dead. Like, every Kree is gone. RIP four out of 30 of oh, 40 for your Kree brethren, right? Um, so yeah, it's not clear what
1: Ronin is, probably enhanced. Mm. Eh. or is he just and enhanced because yes. he's Lee Pace? And they're like, oh well, Lee Pace. Of course, he can hold him. Lee Pace is,
0: is Lee. This is a good question. Is Lee Pace enhanced? Probably. <laughs> so this uh this stone, if we care about these things, is the power stone. Uh, the aforementioned ether from from the end of Thor two is the reality stone. Uh, we have also talked about the Tesseract from Captain America, First Avenger, that is the Space Stone. Uh-huh. Uh, and then in Doctor Strange, we had the Time Stone. Yeah. The Eye of Agamotto or right. Agam- whatever. Um, I think those are the stones that we have come across thus far. Yeah, I think that's all we've been The, tesser- the be. Tesseract is also in Captain Marvel. Tesseract pops up a bunch.
3: Right. So, so yeah.
1: The Tesseract isn't supposed to just be one of the Infinity Stones. No, no, no. It was... It, so a lot of these things have other origins
0: in the comics. The Tesseract, I think, is a cosmic cube. It maybe. is a... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they got rid of cosmic cubes. It just gets too complicated. You just kind of have one kind of thing.
1: That yeah, does. I think that, that is a smart thing the MCU did is they sort of consolidated everything into Infinity yeah. Stones. Yeah. The, Ag, the Eye of Agamotto is not an Infinity Stone in the...
0: In the Comics. Um, neither is uh, I don't know if the ether is anything. In there. Um, but yeah, that's Guardians of the Galaxy one. Good movie, holds up. Was 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 a good movie. Uh, it was fun. Um, action comedies are always
1: good yeah. if they're pulled off. Did Elliot give a rating to this one? Oh yes,
0: I, he did. Let me um, uh, stall for me. I'll edit it up. <laughs> um, so let's see where we're at. Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, very good music video.
1: Mm. That's <laughs> that good. what he said. Uh, I know that Geneva had rated this as a tie for first place with the Spider-Man movies and with the Ant-Man movies.
2: Okay. okay. I,
0: I, I, I can see that. My son likes to be pithy and funny when he writes these things. Um, so he called it a music video.
1: I, I think that's a very fair assessment.
0: It's probably accurate. I mean, the, yeah. the, I mean that is the takeaway. Like any movie, is if it's got an excellent score and an excellent soundtrack, can be twenty percent better than it is without it. Yeah. yeah. So, and this is when the scores. The, phase two is when the scores and the soundtracks just got just ramped up to a higher level and great. The Ant-Man score is great. Uh, the Captain America Civil War. I mean, Captain America both, uh, uh, not Civil War, but um, uh, Winter Soldier's got a great soundtrack
3: uh, and a great score. So, yeah.
0: But yeah, we're done. All right. Uh, next, next week is, uh, uh, if you don't want to know, stop now. But next week is The
1: Avengers. Ooh. First one good movie. It's the end of this category of movies for us, which is the yes, near classics. Near
0: classics, the Avengers. Uh would have been really high had we just included, you know, uh Marvel Phase 1. It would have been the
1: best one, right? Marvel Phase right. 1. I think we've gotten through all the Marvel Phase 1s. Yeah, I think everything's been listed from
0: that phase except for, except for Avengers. So that's what we're doing next week. Uh thank you, Michael.
1: And thank you, Shane.